Hello and welcome to Schizophrenic Music. This is Kevin. Thank you for joining us today. I have the Moonlight Mile Music Club, almost the whole group, minus one. We're hoping he joins in just a little bit. That is Sean. But I got, of course, I got Craig, Mark, Don, Juan, and Tom. Craig had a topic that he wanted to throw out and a little question for everyone. So I'm going to pass it over to Craig. Craig, what do you have for us? All right, so I got a scenario for you. Let me paint a picture. So we're at a brewery. We're at a place called Lost Druid Local Brewery here probably two weeks ago. And we get in there, and of course, they're playing music. And at first, I'm thinking, oh, God, it's going to be just all like, not just classic rock, but the cliched classic, you know, Smoke on the Water, Magic Carpet Ride. Literally, it starts off that way, those two songs. And I'm like, all right, you know, I can kind of tune this out. There's nothing wrong with those songs, but you've heard them ad nauseum, right? But then all of a sudden, I hear a Clash tune. And it's not London Calling. It's not Should I Stay or Should I Go. It's not Rock the Casbah. I'm like, all right, London's burning. Wow, all right. And so this really delightful mix of like, Big, big hits with just obscure stuff to Mission of Burma, Ty Seagal to Smoke on the Water, right? Just this really cool mix. So all of a sudden, these these songs that I grew up with that I felt like, man, I don't really need to hear Black Dog. I love Led Zeppelin, but I don't need to hear Black Dog again. But to hear it in the context of that was really good. So I'm like really into it. I'm like, this is the perfect atmosphere for it. But all of a sudden, this song comes on. I know that riff is a little bit slower. And what is different? Who is covering this? It gets probably a minute and a half into it. I'm like, oh my God, this is incredible. And so it was a cover of Jumpin' Jack Flash. It sounded like a garage band from like the 60s doing a really great, it, seriously, it was the dirtiest, sludgiest, nastiest version of this song I'd ever heard. And I'm loving it. I'm like, who the hell is this? And so, of course, I shazam it. And I look at it and I go, no. And of all people, it was Alex Chilton of Big Star, right? Because I'll be honest, I love Big Star, but a lot of his solo stuff is really spotty. But I want to share with you guys this version of this song. It is, to me, I'm not saying it's the best cover I've heard, but it's probably one of the more surprising covers I've heard. It sounds like, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Flaming Groovies, especially like Teenage Head era, really dirty, gritty.
I like that sound. That guitar sounds awesome. It's just like I love how he made it like and gritty. The minute you hear it, it's like you know the song, but he's changing it like enough, like changing it enough that it's like so much different that it's not the song. Like I think like our band, we have a problem with that when we like cover a cover. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like when we play a song, we're like, you know, we don't have to play it exactly like the band. Right. Right. We can make it our own, yep. but we still make it too much like the original. You know, like he took that and like this quintessential guitar lick that everybody knows. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Changed it. It's the this the, the guitar lick that da, 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 da. he 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 messed it up. We're like, whoa. That's not the same. That's not the same lick. But close, close enough that you knew what the song was, though. Right, right. Exactly. Now you described it well, like sitting at a brewery listening to something, listening to that. I can imagine, totally imagine that. I like how Kevin phrased it. It's like it's familiar. You know, it's the Stones, but there he puts his own stamp on it. It's so gritty, so nasty. It's so flawed, and I love every minute of it. That's the one side of Alex Chilton I've never heard. Like if right. you listen to Big Star, you do not hear "I Was Floored." Two thumbs up for me. I th I love that the tempo is slowed down, and the riff has changed. It just has a more menacing feel. There's a groove to that that's just menacing. I, I love that, Mark. That's awesome. Right. Menacing. So no, that's a. Gr I've never heard that before. I would never ever discover that. I don't think, but that's very cool. I wish I talked as pretty as Mark does. I, 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 just, <laughs> I know. Uh, I, I, can't, okay. I don't come up with words like that. I don't, I don't. But that's exactly it. That's the perfect word for it. It's menacing. It is that's just. Cool. So, uh, I'm curious for you guys. Has there been a moment where you heard something and you're like, oh man, that's great. And then you realize it's somebody covering a song that you know, or you like or whatever. And you're just totally shocked. It can't be that band covering it. I've got uh, one I could share. Nice. Because uh, it, it took me a while to dig around for one. Because uh, before this one that came up, the only one I could think of was, um, you know, hearing that uh, version of It's My Life by No Doubt. Yeah. You yeah. hear that version, you know, everywhere. And then later on when I was getting into Talk Talk with uh, Laughing Stock, yeah. Oh, yes. That being the only record I heard from them, after listening to it, I'd think, huh, let me dive a little deeper. And then come to find out they were the ones that originated that song. It just kind of blew what I thought I had perceived them as out of the water. But yeah. then I remembered this instance. So there's a record by a band called Galaxy 500. Yep. Yeah. And they've got this little record called On Fire that uh, I had been struck by the cover just with how simple it is and very orange. Uh, you know, when I first saw it, it just kind of left an impression on me to uh, where I did finally take the time to sit down and immerse myself in the record. I, I uh, you know, found that it was a lot of the a similar sound kind of carried throughout, but they executed it really well in certain instances on the record. Uh, case in point songs uh, off of there like Strange. And another song that they have off of that record called Isn't It a Pity. Absolutely adored their version of the song. And then months, maybe even a year or so later, 
uh, I decide to finally give All Things Must Pass by George Harrison a well-deserved revisit. And the moment that song, Isn't It a Pity, came up on that record being from like 25 or so years prior, it just stopped me dead in my tracks to where I had to do a double take because I just couldn't believe it was um, a cover because the lyrics were so, you know, of that kind of moment, like in the context of a 90s indie leaning shoegazy kind of track, it fits Mm -hmm. like incredibly well. And it's even more mind blowing just to know that these lyrics were written by a Beatle in the late sixties, early seventies, you know, after the whole big break of the band. So it's just really a testament, I think is to just how timeless some of their music can be. And I'm, uh, you know, just really happy that I kind of was able to have that sort of an experience, um, especially with George Harrison, uh, his music, because I feel like he's been the one Beatle out of the big three, sorry, Ringo, um, whose solo work I haven't <laughs> spent as much time with as I should. So so that was kind of an eye-opening moment uh, for me, and I'm sure you guys all know the... The song, at least George Harrison's version, so I won't share that. But I can pull up here the Galaxy 500 version for those of you that haven't heard it, because it, for me, I think it's just a really great version of the song. I like the end of it, you know, when he keeps going, what a pity, and then the guitar freak out is happening. That that was really cool. Yep. Dean Wareham is, to me, the master of doing some really good covers. Uh, his 
next band, Luna. They do two cover. They do a cover of Bonnie and Clyde, amazing, and then they do a cover of uh, of all things, Sweet Child of Mine. Wow, <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, that's a great pick, one. Yeah, just on the note of that song, uh, note being that that's the uh, last song on the record, which I think is just a really great way to finish off the record with you know that song in particular with that with that whole elding ending the way it builds mm-hmm. um, you know i think it's just really really good stuff well i hate to be a detractor uh, i'll try to be kind but i really did not like that you know there's one chord that's one of, that's probably my favorite george harrison song there's one chord in that song that is like the chord that is so beautiful and perfect that it makes you ache. Yeah, I do agree with and that. And we break each other's hearts. That chord right there. Mm-hmm. It, I think it's a diminished seventh chord. And that's the chord that makes it makes you ache. And that's the chord that makes that song so pretty. Mm-hmm. And they changed the freaking chord. Mm-hmm. They made it like a major chord. And it just sounds like a typical campfire sing along it doesn't sound like isn't it a pity with that achingly beautiful melody it just totally totally changed it and diminished it it's just sorry i didn't i don't if you're gonna play with something make it better don't take away the stuff that makes it so so good my two cents sorry that's a nice hot take i like it (laughs) this is a good hot take hey we we can't all agree here this is what makes this enjoyable i know absolutely i love it yeah and it is a fair point too because i I know with my own experience i'm going backwards with it you know finding the galaxy 500 version and then discovering that it was george harrison's song so it just kind of keeps getting better for me whereas um you know, knowing about the George Harrison version and then listening to a version like that, I could definitely see it being, you know, that because it is more, there definitely is a simpler nature to it. Yeah. Right. It's just it like kind of a little bit, you know, not to throw this term around or whatever, but just lo-fi in character kind of. Totally. A little I- bit more. And that's totally... I'm glad you brought that up, Mark, because I when I first when I first came on, I there was something off that I couldn't quite put my finger on in the beginning or couldn't articulate why. Um, but as the song went on, I think the real star of that Galaxy 500 version is the angst and and the singer's voice through the mm-hmm. through the song, and I feel like that's kind of won me over after I, I kind of opened up to being something that was kind of off. Um, so I, I thought that the song worked because of him and, and that kind of the, the angst that he was bringing to the song. And it's kind of timeless. The words are timeless. You know, why, why do we hurt each other? Why it's a, you know, it's, it's a shame, you know, it, it's mm-hmm. everybody can kind of relate to those words and that it's a pity. It's a pity. It really, it really is. <laughs> so like, I appreciate that you brought up and articulated what was off because i couldn't quite um i would have to go study it and figure out why but i did it did feel like it was kind of dumbed down to some degree so and i will say i i love that you brought that up tom because that is 
for me to the key of the song right there. You can't if you had switched up the singer and got Joe Schmo on the mic, it would not have had the same impact that it does Absolutely. with. Because I feel like, um, is it is it Dean that's the the lead singer? Yeah, Dean Ware. Yeah, yep. yeah. Uh, I think his voice is the key to just really conveying the tortured kind of nature of really the meaning of what those lyrics mean just when you kind of read them over and over and just really dig deep into just what they entail i feel like justine's voice really takes that to where it needs to be mm-hmm. yeah I, 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 but i i do i like i like the different take on it but i also see mark's point i honestly do that especially if you're tied to the original version and if you love that original version so much that you go, wait a minute, I feel cheated because parts of it that I like the most that really just break your heart, they they kind of glossed over. And I, I totally, I get that too. Um, I do love the original version, but I thought that was interesting. I thought that was a really cool, interesting cover. And I'm not a huge Galaxy 500 fan, but I'm not actually. But that actually makes me want to listen to them more, to be honest with you. Cool. Yeah. Well, who else we got? Don. Oh, yeah. I got to get in on this. This is fun. Thanks for the topic, Craig. You got it. Well, and so I think I'm going to go from the perspective of a song I've loved and have heard by a band that I didn't know was a cover. Love it. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, and then you realize it's a cover and then this whole story unfolds. And I think, you know, this was something we we went through with the uh, Sugar Man story yep. a while back. But uh, I've always loved the band Fish. And I think I've covered this. Rarely, but a few times. But uh, in thinking like, wow, they've played a lot of cover songs and some many of them I never knew were covers. I looked it up. They've played 500 covers. <laughs> wow. No, they've played whole out. Al- they play whole concerts of covers. I mean, it's great. <laughs> true. True. <laughs> they play um, They play entire concerts of covers. And <clears throat> before I tell you the song, I think I'll just play it. Oh, go for it. Yeah. Go for the ride. You- and see, right. Shirts are torn, but I would love to spill the beans with you till dawn. Give me a drink from your loving cup. Just one drink, and I'll fall down.
Wow, that was spectacular. <laughs> I mean, wow. that's staying true to form, but that's so good, man. I actually think I like that better than the original. Because no, so, God. no, I'm, oh, hold on, no, no. Here's why I say that though. I, that was so that. tight. I mean, that was like the, the instrumentation was. But the whole point incredible. of Exile on Main Street is not to be tight; it's to be loose. I know, I know. Yes, but debate right here. Like they took it and they made oh, it man. a live, like theater rock song they, they did. did they did but that's not what it was originally intended to be but they, they, they turned it into like all the happy high hippies just like beautiful buzz I, that I, solo was scorching hot oh I mean, man beautiful <laughs> i I'll love this tone i'll give you this don you are slowly but surely converting me into a fish fan <laughs> oh man you gotta go just dive right I mean, in man. dive I, in like, yeah. don't even have, text the water just like have they first. ever have they ever covered a Steely Dan album as, in one of their sets? Have they ever done Asia or well? Because I was, uh, I've been listening to that album this week, and but but separate from that album, it, that solo had, and you guys that play guitar would understand it way better than I do. But it it had had a tone like um, reeling in the years. That solo, that it's just yeah. Are yeah. you talking about you're talking about fish? That guitar tone. Yeah, something about that guitar tone reminded me of a Steely Dan guitar. It reminded style. me of um, like vintage Clapton, like 1974 Clapton. I love his yeah. guitar tone. I love that version of that song. Yeah. And boy, that made me just die for some live music right now. Yeah. No doubt. Got, I mean, you go to jam concerts, you know, you hear <sighs> Fish, you hear Fish do Loving Cup. You'll hear Little Feet do Tom Sawyer by Rush. <laughs> You'll hear Government Mule do People Are Strange by The Doors at four in the morning. You'll hear Bob Weir cover Lady Gaga. Yes. I mean, I've, I've heard all four of those things or all three of those <laughs> things. And that's the cool thing about jam shows. Um, Tom, I was thinking about you during a song as a guitar player. You had to have been loving the, the, just the solo. I'm glad you, you, uh, brought up like Trey Anastasio's tone is is to me is a tone I can pick out like I know you can pick out like ZZ Top's uh who's the ZZ Top guy? Billy Gibbons Billy, Billy Gibbons there's a couple notes like oh, I know who that is and and Trey Anastasio is someone I I recognize his his sound and Eric Clapton's another one or ACDC or or whatever but a definitely a signature and it's a good it's a good tone it definitely sucks you in and it's it's you know the like his solos you don't mind listening to for a while because it just sounds so absolutely yeah. so fantastic he could have done that one for another a minute or two and i would have been okay with it i mean it was like just to wrap up loving cup right for those who are like not aware like that was originally recorded in 1969 and i think that song fell into ambiguity right i mean it really didn't get oh a lot God. of light in its day, I mean, nothing off was of it, Exile was really was really no. big, yeah, right yeah. Now. But that's still their their signature album, which is crazy. Yeah. They, it, there's yeah. not a big hit on that album to speak. No. Of. Tumbling Dice is probably the biggest. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, Can't famous, you hear me yeah. knocking or whatever? That's yeah. is Loving Cup. In was it ever in their live set? Maybe at the time it was, but is it in their live set anymore? At all? I don't know. It should be. That's a great song. It's a, yeah. really, it's a beautiful song. song. Yeah. And yeah. it doesn't, if you hear it out of context, you just don't, it doesn't sound like a stone song. Right. But I don't know. It took me a minute to put it together. 
And when you hear fish do it too, it doesn't sound out of place. It sounds like it's, it sounds like the stones, but it also sounds like it could be a fish song. Yeah. And they get to say, I, I can run and jump and fish. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. All right. I pass the microphone to who's up. Mine's going to be really Mark. quick. Oh, okay. go for it, Mark. We're going to go from the profound to the mundane. Right. This is this is actually not pro or not mundane. It, it's just fun. Craig mentioned the, the cover thing. I honestly can't think of an experience when I heard a cover and didn't know who it was and then was surprised. Right. I have the opposite thing. Like I all these familiar songs, I'm shocked that they're actually covers. You know, like some of those great Linda Ronstadt hit singles in the 70s were actually Roy Orbison hit singles in the 60s. And all that stuff is surprising. Respect? You're kidding. That's a cover. You know, all of that kind of thing. Right. The thing I'm going to say about covers, the thing I love is when an artist does something completely from a different genre that does not seem to make any sense yes. whatsoever. Absolutely. I'm thinking like if anyone ever has heard of Flip Phillips, Flip Phillips, great tenor sax player of the 40s and 50s, came out of Woody Herman's band. Anyway, I saw him once in the 90s. He plays the theme from I Dream of Jeannie. <laughs> right? And that sounds like that would not work. I'm telling you, it worked. You know, uh, there's a surf band here in, in town that I'm crazy about. They regularly do a surf version of a Thelonious Monk standard. What? So when people completely do like, yes. like, a punk, like a punk band doing a TV theme or uh, some lounge singer doing I Want to Be Sedated, I mean, that kind of thing, I just love. Yeah. So so this is only two minutes long. It's super mm. silly, but actually fun.
That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I got a couple things to say about that. For one, I am now, I've never seen them like I live. Totally good. You want to see them live? I am 100%. Kick ass. Totally. Kick ass. I, she's, she's hot. I, I had to going. remind myself to look at the, look at the guitar player. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. She's like, she's, like, actually, she's walking it. She's like, she's yeah. all over the, I'm like, and we, she's good looking it. And I'm like, she's uh, like Betty Page. She's, she's like, like Sharice. I mean, seriously. Page. Part of their their whole horror thing, if you want to call it that, yeah. is they want is she kind of is supposed to evoke Elvira yep, or right. Vampira, yes. right? Those the the yep. horror hosts that were kind of like that. That's her stage name, Zombirella. I'm actually Facebook friends with her, and they're from Russia, and so right. I can't even tell you uh, her real name. It's a long Russian name, but they Zombirella, yeah. and oh god, I don't know what the was there a song there. playing. The fact that she played the bass really well, even she like did. Oh, that was amazing. Yep. I love that. They're just a rockabilly trio, but they're so energetic and well, rockabilly slash surf. Yep. But man, they're so energetic and fun. That drummer, if you notice, the drummer <laughs> really kicks ass. <laughs> their jaws. Love that guy. <laughs> yeah, he's kicking ass. That is awesome. I would definitely see some Messer Chups if they ever come swinging by Atlanta. Hopefully they'll do a Halloween tour again this year. Cross our fingers. Never heard of them. Never heard of them. They are a Russian surf band, and they're so good. Nice. awesome. Love it. We did a little thing. We we played them, right? We we featured them. I think, did we do like a Halloween episode or something one time? We did something. I think we did. Yeah. I think we did. What's the name They're, of the band? Is it? It's M E S S E R C H U P S, which is it's a Russian word. It means so, something like lollipop knife or something <laughs> random like that. But it's a Russian. It's two Russian words. I just remembered her real first name is Svetlana. Do you remember the old uh, Rocky and Bullwinkle? Oh, we, oh yeah. yeah. Do you remember <laughs> Boris and Natasha? She sounds oh. just like that. She's Russian. I talked to her after the show. So she's super cool. Yeah. So, but who else has to go yet? Tom, go ahead. Okay. Um, so I was doing some research and, and uh, came across a song. I didn't, had no idea was a cover. And then it vaguely kind of remembered that maybe Mark could have brought this up at some time, but um, I've always had a soft spot for uh uh, tainted love from soft cell mm-hmm. it's and, a cover and i i didn't know that and uh so re- researching the the original from gloria jones it's really good it makes the soft cell version kind of wimpy in my opinion so i was gonna play for you
Mm. Awesome, awesome, awesome. It's like she just kicks ass on that. Did she? Did she write that? I hope so. I hope she's getting some cash or something. I, did yeah. she write that, or was it someone else's song? Because good question. I think it's hard so. to tell in the '60s. Right. But hey, Mark, you're I, right. That made soft cells look tame. Yeah. I have a I have a question for Mark. Mark, based on what you know about me, what do you think I thought of that song? Oh God, you love that song. <laughs> Holy cow! That I love incredible. that song. I had no idea that was that's I a. It. I mean, that was not on the Motown label, probably, but right. that sounds like a straight up Motown song. Yep. It's yeah, got 60. the whole that the drumming and oh, the tambourine. Yeah. It's got the, like a real Motown vibe. And voice I voice out no front. Clue. Yeah. That same energy as Heat Wave. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. Exactly. Thank you. That is spot on, Juan. Yeah. Yes, that is spot on. Which, by the way, Martha and the Vandellas may be my favorite Motown group of all of them. I mean, oh my gosh. But mm, that so was incredible. I, I knew it was a cover, but I, I don't think I'd ever heard the cover. Damn, Do we know me. anything about her? She's um, apparently like got close to making it big but never got super huge um she she found some uh success she played in some uh broadway like hair and i think um another show production and she she uh played with uh somebody from t-rex's band well that was mark bowling oh mark bowling in that picture picture. yeah Uh, yeah and she actually uh he, I guess, is tragic. She was driving a car. And there no, was, it was her. Oh shit! He was. She was. That driving. was his wife or girlfriend or whatever. Yeah. She was the one that was driving the car when he died. Yeah, and they have a son. Oh no! Way. Oh, that's their son. The oh one my that, god! I had no clue. because yeah. Mark Boland didn't drive and all this other kind of shit. And oh yeah, so, so they, they had been in a party. Yes, they were drinking. And um, oh, this is this is super tragic accident. Wow, this changes everything. And then she, I think she uh, actually fled the UK. Oh wow! So she survived, right? So she survived. Yeah. Is she still living, or what is? What do we know? Living. Good lord! Wow. Her voice is unbelievable. That is a killer voice right there. Yeah. Yeah. I really, no doubt. You know, I just realized that's a cover, and she killed Mark Boland. So, <laughs> wow! <laughs> well, uh, Tom, you win. <laughs> <laughs> we can we can stop right now. Like she was in an accident. I'm like, not not an accident, but the accident. Oh, like the accident. You know, it's like oh shit. Kevin, can you can you top that? I can't top. I don't. I, I can't top that. I don't think. Hold on. Let me. This one is like I think I think I played I might have like when we started doing this and we were like you know beginning pandemic and then we'd get talking we'd talking until like two in the morning three in the morning and stuff like that <laughs> I think I I think I played this song maybe on the but it's like one of those like Sean was talking about or we were talking about like where like a song that is not in the same genre you know it's like. And I don't know if this was a surprise, but I heard this version of the song. I knew the song because everybody knows the song because it's been on like you know, the radio and everything else. But this band, who I think is one of the greatest right now, hard rock bands going right now. And I think the singer has an incredible voice. So listen to the song the whole way through, which he, at the end, it just, it's just great. But anyways, this song was like, oh, I didn't recognize I didn't realize they were going to do this with this song, but I think they did a good job. 
She can sing. <laughs> wow. Hey, let's Unbelievable. Give that was spectacular. That I like that drums. What a voice. My God. That's <sighs> just thrilling. She can wail. For I sure. mean, when I like, I liked Hailstorm and whatnot. I mean, it was like they're one of the, they're probably a popular. They've been, I think they've been nominated for Grammys. Maybe they won a Grammy. I don't know, but because no one, like, no one listens to hard rock and metal right now. But I heard him, like, I think it was on like, the podcast talking metal and they he played that. I was like, like, Empire State of Mind, you know, it's Jay Z and uh, it's Alicia Keys. Queen Alicia B. Keys. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and like, but, she, when she's like, she that last one, I was like, Oh my god, it's like that's on your ass. Yeah, yeah that's a feel that moment for sure. Yeah, it's Janice, it's a Janice Joplin worthy scream. Yeah. yeah, it's just amazing, just a just tremendous pure. performance. That's nice. You wouldn't expect a Jay Z Alicia Keys song, and then you go, Oh, there was no, there was no rapping in there or anything like that. But you know, I think Lizzie did it pretty well. Yes, yeah. man, thumbs up. All right, Sean. Okay, you can my cover song, as, as I mentioned earlier, I was walking through a grocery store, having my earpods in, and I'm grooving to this tune by this band, fifth song, fourth song into the album. I have no idea. And at some point, all of a sudden, halfway through the singing, the lyrics, I'm go, holy cow, this is, and I want to surprise y'all, this is that song. Like if I knew now that it was a cover, I would be listening for the lyrics and going, okay, I know what song this is, but it's so different from the original. I mean, I was just blown away. And the bass line, I'm a bass line guy. The bass line in this song, this is a song that originally was guitar oriented, mm -hmm. but they take away the guitar aspect of it. And it's more of the bass line that just kills me in the song. stars a lot too yeah i was i was getting into stars at the time and again i was listening to this album and had no idea because it was on my ipod and whatever and i was listening to it and and it hit me about halfway through i was like holy shit this is this charming man and it doesn't even sound like but that bass line kills me i think it's one of my favorite bass lines and i just thought it was such a unique take on an iconic song to make it loungy feeling Mm. And I just love this. I love that version of this charming man. You know what I love most about that is you heard that in a grocery store. 
<laughs> while shopping i was in the, i was in produce i remember it i'll never forget the moment yeah. it was like a, a friend a friend of ours tom's friend too like he was he always posts like memes and great he, he posts like hilarious stuff on on facebook he's like yeah you know, it was like one of those memes like in the 70s like oh this radio station is playing my jams and then like in the oh then 80s like you know this you know mtv is playing my jams like today Oh man, this grocery store is playing my jams. <laughs> Publix. Publix is killing it. Publix is killing it. You got the Doobie Brothers. They got Alan Parsons. But, you know, sometimes you share a moment with somebody in the grocery store. Like the other day, I'm I'm in the produce section. There is a Phil Collins song, and somebody else was jamming out to it too. And now, you know, it's like a little moment. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got like covers. 18. I got 18 more covers to play, but you can go. Oh into my gosh, your... me too. Th this covers idea, Craig, was a phenomenal idea. We could almost, I mean, we could do this for weeks because I got other ones yeah. and I know y'all do too. It's yeah. good. We don't realize how many covers are going on. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, Craig, seriously, we could make this an ongoing series. I mean, I, I love talking about covers. Thanks to everybody for listening in. We really appreciate it. Visit us on any kind of social media. Like we said, whatever the platform calls for, leave a review, a like, a follow, whatever you need to do. Give us any kind of suggestions, comments. Let us know what you think. Share us with a friend. You know, all that stuff helps us move up the rankings. Appreciate that. And look forward to talking to you again. Yeah. Thanks so much. Take care. Take it easy. <laughs>